last week, last week I, I spoke about free will. Remember I spoke about free will, what it is, what are the conditions of it. But the question that we have asked really is, we don't understand something. This whole situation doesn't make sense. Why does God have to create a situation, right? And then make a task that the Jews have to do, which is a situation they find themselves. And then he's got to be thrust between righteousness or sinfulness, right? And therefore he needs free will to decide which way to go. And then God supervises what was his decision. And either he rewards him by giving him greater opportunities or he punishes him, right? Whether he go to Oilam Habo, future world, or he doesn't go, or he has to be punished, or maybe he doesn't even go to Oilam Habo. Why do we have this scenario? Why doesn't God just create Oilam Habo? Right? Why doesn't he create a utopia? Right? Right away. That is the question. I'm sure everybody's thought about that. Because if you create a situation where you have to earn your Elam Haba, your future world, then there's always a risk that you may not earn it. Or you may earn much less. So why do we have to go through this situation? That's, the, that's, a, that's a, question, a question which I'm sure has bothered many people over the years and so on. So I'd like to address that. So that's a fundamental question. And the answer to that is really very, in certain sense, is very comforting. If I asked you, imagine this scenario. You're sleeping. And all of a sudden, God appears to you in your dream. And it's prophetic, it's prophecy. Because God doesn't appear in dreams. He does, however, appear to you in prophecy which could be, uh, prophecy is a dream state. And God says to you, I like what you're doing. Therefore, I will grant you any wish that you want. What would you like? Any wish you would like, I will grant it to you. But God says to you, think carefully. It's a one-shot opportunity. What would people want? Remember, it's like he appeared to Shlomo Melech. Remember? Shlomo Melech, Solomon. He said either Chochmah or wealth. And Shlomo said Chochmah, and therefore he got everything because that was very smart of him. Okay, if God appeared to you and said to you, what would you like? What would you answer? What would you say? One ten more wishes. No, that's the only thing you can't wish. Yeah, I know, that's cute. We know that. So, yeah. Come on. What would you... No, no, you wouldn't know the answer, so you cannot say yeah, it. I'm sorry. You've been, you've been disqualified. Come on. What would you answer? Hey, come on, you guys. You got one wish. Look, don't confuse me. I'm not God. However, it is an interesting scenario to contemplate. Straight to What? I want to be in You want to be in Anam Okay, you want to be in the future world. Not a bad wish. Right? Audience, anybody else? Come on, what an opportunity. You guys have nothing to wish for. <laughs> Come on, billion dollars, marry off all your kids, live in Lakewood. Come on. <laughs> what would be the wish? You know? A vacation in Switzerland, Hawaii. Come on. There's so much a guy can wish for. 
apartment right next to the coastal right it's not happening right <laughs> I see you guys are too you guys are too stunned by this I'll tell you what I would wish for I want to be God I want to be a God come on it's incredible what is God? God is the, uh, in, he's independent of anything, right? He has no, in other words, he's limitless, right? He's, in, he's independent of everything. He has no limits on what he can do, right? He has no dependencies, no limitations. You know, he's incredible. You know, he can do whatever he wants, right? Like it says in Hazinum, right? I kill, I give life, I cure, you know, I'm it. From my hand, there's no rescue. Right? So I would say to God, I would, be, I would love to be just like you. Because then, right, I could do whatever I want. Just like you said. Which, uh, wait, wait, have more wishes. Anyway, that's what I would wish for. Now, would God do that? I mean, he said there's no limit to this. Would he actually enable me to be a God? That's what Adam Harishan did. And we see how that turned what, out. What did he do? He wanted to be like God. It, no, God. it turned out bad because God never said, I'll make you God. I'm saying he would actually say to me in a dream, it's two different situations, where he would say, one wish and you got it, anything you want. I would say, fine, I want to be God. There's nothing wrong with that. If he's asking me, right, he can't compare it to Adam. Adam would never... Snakes then, right? Yeah, I mean, God never said, I'll make you God. Anyway, yeah, that was the... Of course, that was a... But right. that's, that's, that's really what he wanted. That that's what he right. wanted. So, but right. I'm not, that's not the scene. That is not the scenario I'm pointing out. That's what I would say. Did, so what's God going to answer to that? You know what he answers? I'll do it. I'll make you a God. Why? Because we don't, you don't realize something. What the Rebunishim wants to do to mankind is called Hatovah he wants to give the greatest good that he can give. And with God, that's infinite. But the question then is, what's the greatest good that God can give? And that is to replicate God. Isn't it? That's the greatest good. You saw, to make me like him. No dependencies, no limitations, no deficiencies. Wow, what a being, right? And the Bosham said, I will do it. I will do that. And that's what starts the whole problem. <clears throat> because the Bershom wants to give you Hatovah Shlemo, perfect good, make you God, <clears throat> this is what starts the whole problem. It's interesting. Why? What is the problem, really? <clears throat> the problem is this. <clears throat> we are created entities, correct? We are not God. We are created in the image of God, right? Okay. So then, how could a created entity who always must receive something, existence, correct, from outside of him, how can I feel like I'm God? You can't. You're very the very your, your very being indicates to you that you're not a god because you need to receive your existence from outside of you 
we are completely dependent on God and therefore we are limited because it depends how much the source will give us you see and we are certain defective so then how could he make us God this is the question what kind of a because we you see so therefore he creates what's called a, an individual an neshama but the problem like I said is that the neshama is both a nimtza because it is created in the image of God in fact, that's really what it is. Chazal tell us that the neshama is a chelik lekaimimal. It's part of God above. In other words, if you look at the shechina, the shechina is like a coin, heads and tails. On one side of the coin is the divine presence, the shechina. On the other side is the neshama. Yes. Now, in other words, we are really a chelik lekaimimal. We are a part of the living God. We don't understand how that is. But in some sense, we are literally divine you see so that's one aspect of the neshama of who you are you don't realize it you're all divine beings you see i mean maybe some people do realize it and that's where the megalomaniacs you know what i'm saying <clears throat> but really we are divine beings but our problem is that there's an aspect of us you know it's not the nimsa the existential being that's a nivra we are created entities and as such we are completely dependent on another source to exist. You see, a divine being by definition is what? Is independent, unlimited, and non-deficient. You see, that's what it means to be God. You see, I can do whatever I want. I don't, have to, I don't need an outside source. The problem with the neshama is the aspect of the fact that it's a created being. It can't do that. You see, so therefore, what does the neshama feel? On one side, the neshama feels it is God, you see? And on the other side, it realizes its complete inadequacy. How do you resolve that? This in Chazal is called Namadik Sufa, the bread of shame. What is bread of shame? Uh, the bread of shame, let's assume it's an emotion. The bread of shame. What is shame? interesting emotion very very devastating emotion what is shame how do we understand shame what shame is is a feeling or an emotion that a person has when all of a sudden he comes to the realization that he's nobody or he's inferior you're ashamed there are many ways to create shame you know a guy let's assume a guy is taking a shower right and all of a sudden, he's going to the towel, right? And all of a sudden, he passes a mirror. And he looks at himself in the mirror and says, I can't believe what I'm looking at. Right? Which is probably what many people think mm -hmm. when they look at themselves in the mirror. You know? Because, you know, you look at your body or whatever, this is me. I mean, you realize the inadequacy, you know, or the deficiency of the human body. So all of a sudden, he has a sense of inadequacy, inferiority, and vulnerability. You know, it's his inferiority is exposed to him. That's, you feel shame. What, let's say, is the worst. Let's assume you have a, a, a child who's five-year-old, right? And, and the, let's assume the father, right, is very brutal. So the kid does something wrong, and the father says to the kid, you idiot, you jerk. How do you go and do this? What do you think that kid's going to feel? Not only will he, right, he will have a terrible case of inferiority. 
and therefore he will feel shame because he believes the father you see and as a result of that he believes the father so he believes that the father is right that he is a nothing he is an idiot so he will feel sh terrible sense of shame because the father to this child has exposed the deficiency of the child and the child believes it and therefore the child uh, feels the shame you see and if this happens on a constant basis this child will feel incredible shame growing up you see in many ways shame is one of the most devastating of all feelings you know it's worse than insecurity or inadequacy because it's a statement about your inferiority your self-worth or your self-esteem we all have shame in different ways because of many different reasons you see if a guy's uh, trying to make a living and he's not making it he's ashamed he's not ashamed to people but he's ashamed to himself because what am I if I can't even be successful and bring home money then I have to be ashamed of myself you know how many times does somebody do something wrong and another person <coughs> says to him you should be ashamed of yourself what is he really saying right hey how do you do this kind of thing because you're a lowlife or you're inferior that's what he means you should be ashamed of yourself you should experience what it means to be a, a nobody because that's you just did an act of nobodiness that's a word you see shame is a terrible emotion and there's so and shame is at the root or at the foundation of mental health or I should say mental emotional disorders people who have emotional disorders are always trying to avoid inferiority and shame that comes from the inferiority you see that's what shame is you know uh, now when the neshama now let's go back to the spirituality, the Ruchnias. Here you have an Ishama that is divine. Why? Because it's a Chaluk Lekaimimal. It's part of the living God. Without going into how is that possible if God is an Enoi Mavadoi. Without that, uh, going into that mystery. But clearly, the Ishama is a divine being. You know? And that's what the Nachash said to the Adam. Be'isim Kelokim, you'll be like God. Because part of him felt like God. Except he wasn't God all the way. You see? Therefore, the neshama does what? It feels like it's divine. At the same time, it's acting not as a divine being, but as a weak individual, right? Because it needs to receive everything from God. It's a taker. God is a giver. That's the power of a God, to give always whenever you want, right? Without conditions. But a taker is not a God, because the very act of taking is an indication that he's inferior. He's certainly not divine. So look at the neshama. On one side of the neshama, right, he feels like he's a giver. On the other side, the reality is he's a taker. That's Namadik Sufa. It's not so much an emotion. It's a conceptual contradiction. How can I feel like God, the neshama, on one side, because I am a part of the living God, right, the Shekhinah, on the other side, I'm a taker. Right? Because I can't do anything myself. So therefore there's a tremendous sense of what? The realization of inferiority. But it's a contradiction. You see? Because how can I feel one thing on one side, a giver, and on the other side, a taker? It's a contradiction inherently. It's called mutually exclusive concepts or feelings. You see? So by making uh, the Shoma part of God, 
What does that mean? Automatically, the neshama has that feeling, you see. But, by, by, but the reality is he's a taker. So how does God going to resolve that? Because the reason why he made him divine is to make him, in a, many, in a certain sense, like God, which is the divine being. But inherently, there's a contradiction. How's God going to solve the problem? Enter free will. So what God says, there's only one way to solve the problem. I need you to give, I need to give you the power to do something which only God can do, and that is be a true cause. So free will means, like I said last time, you are true cause of your acts. And only a divine being, in a certain sense, can be a true cause. So even though, so if you choose to be righteous as a true cause, and, and, it's a, and it is said since you chose righteousness in the sense of what? Of being a true cause of your righteousness, you have replicated an act of God. And therefore, I don't, I don't have a contradiction because I did something which is God-like and divine. Even though righteousness will now enable me to be in the future world, and in the future world, I'm a complete taker. Because you don't exist independent of God, God still has to give you everything. So the future world is nothing more than a taker situation. Oh, but I created the opportunity to take. I caused it. If I didn't cause it, which is a divine act, I wouldn't be taking either. So what God removes and he gives you is a feeling, in some sense, you are a giver because you gave that to yourself by having free will, all right? Which is a replication of God's act and the free will means that you truly caused it. Correct? That is divine. So even though in Olam Habo, in the future world, I have to take because I am not God in that sense, but you are God because the only reason why you're here and receiving anything or whatever you receive is because you truly caused it. And that is a divine act. So what God does is remove the flaw of complete taking or reception by giving you a, a, a situation in which you can actually do something divine because that's what free will is. You are a true cause which only God can do. But in some way which is unknown, he has given that capacity to the neshama or each individual and therefore the neshama says to itself in Oyelam Haba, it is true that I'm a taker because I can't, I can't create Oyelam Haba but I'm the one responsible for being here in the first place. And that was divine. Therefore, as long as I did a divine act, that already is enough to mollify me, to be okay with that, you see? And therefore, bring it on for eternity, you see? Because the whole reason why I'm here, and the reason why I'm receiving what I'm receiving, you see, and in, to, in terms of what degree I'm receiving, that is my choice. I truly cause it, that's a divine act. Therefore, the contradiction is gone. You see? So the neshama receives at the same time realizing that it is divine. That's the solution. So that's what Namadik Sufi is. You see? So the shame, remember, it's not so much that I feel shame, but it's a contradiction in existence. You see? And therefore, that provides a solution. Therefore, the only way to remove the concept of Namadik Sufa, of bread of shame, of the feeling of the contradiction, is you need to come to a world in which there's a task, have free will, 
have two situations, righteousness and sinfulness, and do the job. You see, that's why Olam Hazer, which is this world, is critical in order to have that in Olam Habor. Because if you didn't have it, <coughs> you would constantly be for eternity with this contradiction in the Shama. How could I be taking it in and feel like God? This is no good. So in a certain sense, you'd be in spiritual agony for eternity. <coughs> you see, it's a spiritual <coughs> agony in a certain sense for you to feel one thing and it's direct opposite at the same time. So God said, I'm going to solve the problem by making you act like God, which is you are the reason for your righteousness. You see, and therefore in a certain sense, God removes the concept of Namadik Sufa, bread of shame. Because shame, remember, it's not so much that it's a feeling, which it is by us, but the Neshama experiences as an existential contradiction. But to us, that would be shame. <coughs> Therefore, it's called the bread of shame. Now, this is the, what we understand. <coughs> Most people will never deal with this concept. You know, they'll read it, Namadik Sufa, briefly, but they will never really ask themselves, what in the world? You know, because what they ask the question. Well, why create shame in the first place? Because you made everything, so if you wouldn't have created the feeling of shame, right, then I wouldn't have had it. Just give me a little without the feeling of shame. You see, that's their question. But really the answer is, uh, to the best of the way of explaining it, <coughs> is that it's not a feeling that God created. Once you created the, feeling, the, the concept of existence, <coughs> and once you created the concept of divine existence, right, then you're stuck with contradiction and you've created the concept of opposition to that concept, then you're stuck. Because existing as a divine being, and existing as a, uh, which is a giver, and existing as a taker, right, is automatically, it's contradictory. It's called mutually exclusive concepts, you see. So therefore, what God does in a certain sense, is he has to remove that feeling, not feeling, but a, what's called an existential conflict or contradiction, and he does that by putting you in a situation where you have to choose to be righteous and so on. And then even then, you can't, in other words, you can't get something for free. And this is the concept of din or judgment. Why is there judgment? Why did God create the world with, through judgment or justice? Justice is, if you do A, you get B. You see, that's what justice really is. Actually, it's the third law of motion that Newton said. For every action, there's an equal and opposite Reaction, that's really din, you see? And that's the concept of judgment and justice. You get exactly what you did. No more and no less. But God does help in the fact that he has a many assistive systems to help you. But in the end, every person will get exactly what they did. And therefore, if they do that, there's no namadik sufa. You see? Why is it by a tzaddik it says that God is exacting with a tzaddik? like a thread because a tzaddik doesn't want anything for free because if he gets anything for free which he didn't cause that's namadik sufa that means he's getting something which he did not cause right and that's a gift no good because the divine aspect of himself doesn't want gifts that he didn't earn you see that's why the Bansham knows tzaddikim uh, they don't want anything for nothing so they don't even want God to assist them because in a certain sense, that is a gift 
for nothing in the terms of how he assists us. But we need that or else we can't even get to the first base. If God didn't assist us, forget it. It's over with us. But a tzaddik who has control of his emotions and the mitzvahs and the, and, and the averis and all that, uh, he doesn't want anything for free. I, everything I have, I want to work for. Don't give me a shred for anything. Don't do me any favors. I want to earn everything that I get in Oilam Habor. Do not assist me. <coughs> That's what it means, that God is exacting with a tzaddik kachut asaira to a thread, you see. But we, of course, we are not at that level, you know. So God, therefore, had to mix in compassion or mercy with justice. Because compassion or mercy is nothing more than the suspension of judgment or justice, you see. But we need that. You see, or else we will never survive. That's what it means that God created the world through din. Justice means you do A, you get B. You don't do A, you don't get B. Exactly. Uh, you see, why? Because you cannot receive anything that you didn't do. Because if you do receive it, you're going to have shame on a spiritual level, the existential problem, the conflict. You see? Now, this is just an explanation that I try to provide, you know? The real answer is infinite. We don't really know, uh, you see? But in the end, at least it's some type of answer, response, you know, a solution to a problem that really nobody mentions. You know, it's almost like everybody's avoiding the problem. Yet, think about it. This whole world is only predicated on one concept, Nam Sufa. If there was no such thing as this existential conflict, we wouldn't have any mindset. You realize that? <coughs> In other words, if we could tolerate receiving, taking, what are we doing here? You know, I'm okay. I'll be in Oilam Habo taking. I don't care. But since God wanted to make us divine, you can't do it. Interesting. That the very concept that he wanted to provide us the best necessitates this world, which is risky. Because if you don't do it, you don't get it. Or whatever and so on, you know. Uh, so ultimately that's really an answer that I'm trying to provide uh, in terms of why Oilam Hazer, this world exists which is fraught with so many dangers in terms of not being righteous but being sinful uh, but like I said we have assisting devices where God instituted suffering to clean you up you see so if you're cleaned up then you deserve what you get because you were cleaned up and you suffered you see all of it Mitzvahs, tshuva, and suffering, all of it satisfy <coughs> judgment. You see? So therefore there's no nominic sufa. There's no existential crisis. You see? And there's no shame. You see? That's why everything that God, in the end, we have to deserve every iota we get in Oilam Habor. But there are just different ways <coughs> that God can provide, <coughs> that God can provide, uh, you know, wherewithals to, uh, to, um, enable us to survive and that's why we need oilam hazeh that's why we have to work we have free will like i mentioned you know that's why we have to struggle all the ideas that's why there's suffering to make sure that when we are in habo we feel we deserve it because we suffered and therefore we will not have what's called an existential crisis of being a giver and a taker at the same time and that's it that's the what the Mansham did and so on, you know. Any case, that's a solution, you know. Like I said, ultimately, the real concept, of course, is infinite.
we don't really know. But obviously, um, it has to be for some reason or else, what in the world are we doing here, you know? <coughs> the interesting thing, um, the conjecture, is what happens if a person doesn't merit the future world because he's done so much evil? So the question is, which I will actually talk about next time, which is, wow, after Sukkot, you know, the concept of, you know, are people really destroyed, annihilated, and they don't exist anymore? Why can't God clean them up? Clean them up by giving them terrible, terrible amounts of suffering and so on. And therefore, they'll also feel like in the future world and so on. Not only that, what happens if an Ishama walks over to God and says, listen, I'm okay. I don't mind being embarrassed or ashamed. You know, I just want the Olam Habo. Just give me the goodies. You know, I can live with the shame. Don't worry about it. You know, that's my problem. You know, you know. So the question, so the question is, what's God going to say? You know, you know, because the guy's saying, "Hey, I don't mind being on welfare for the, my entire life." That's really what it is. Welfare, right? Get a check in the mail. You know, I wouldn't say it's Social Security. Actually, there's no money in Social Security anymore. They robbed the whole bank. But anyway, the government. But uh, it's welfare. So the guy says, "Hey, I don't mind being on welfare. Hey, just check out, uh, you know, certain neighborhoods. Everybody's on welfare." They don't seem to be disturbed at all. You see, so a guy theoretically could say that to Bonsham, I'm okay with this, you know. Who cares? Who cares if I earned it or not, you know? Obviously, that's not going to work. Or maybe it does work. Maybe there are people who really can't be in Oilam Habo at all because the amount of sinfulness is enormously extensive, whatever. And maybe God says, okay, you can do it. You'll be in Oilam Habo, you'll just have Namadik Sufa, that's all. And if it's okay with you, it's okay with me. By the way, just to end this year, there are beings, by the way, that exist eternally and they have Namadik Sufa. You know who they are? The angels, yes. Because the angels are doing what? They're also incredible beings, right? But at the same time, they have Namadik Sufa. Ramchal says that, Nadimamoram, you know? They have shame because they're taken all the time, yet they will exist eternally. You see, so it's interesting. There are beings, but God decided to create a species called the souls that does not want them to have that, you know. So it's interesting that there are angels that, you know, and they exist eternally. There's no death by an angel and so on that does have nominic sufo, you see, uh, in a certain sense. Probably the amount of divinity that they feel is severely lacking. So maybe their Namdik Sufa is really a drop because they don't have the divine sense of self, you see, probably. But anyway, um, uh, that, that is an interesting concept. Anyway, that's uh, I feel is a solution and um, I think it answers uh, the question and so on. Any questions? Now, don't be ashamed. <laughs> yeah? It's divine. Well, it, let's put it this way. It's really, it's not God, but it, uh, it's the greatest form of spirituality. So it is spiritual. It is spiritual, yeah. Uh, nothing could be God, really. But the Shekhinah, whatever that is, is divine. So the Shema is at the level of the Shekhinah in its divinity, whatever that means. 
story seen as a viable solution that a person theoretically at the end of time could say the petition <coughs> that you know, I I'm, I'm bringing it up as an interesting scenario but is, is it brought down at such a such an I've never seen this? such a scenario yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can say any but what does it say in Perky office let's say what does it say against your will you were born you live and you die so what does that say you know you don't call the rules I do that's what it does you know uh, and maybe it, what, what does it mean against your rules you were born why would anybody protest and the answer is because Bobby Dineshama said hey what do I need this for you know just give me all your without having to work for it so God said I'm sorry these are the conditions, and therefore, against your will, you are born. That, that, the, against your will, you were born was probably to answer the neshama that says, please, give me Oilam Haba now. I don't want Oilam Hazer. If you think about it, because why are you born against your will? Why? Anybody would choose to have this incredible amount of reward and delight in God. But the answer is because the neshama is saying, hey, I don't want to go down there. Come on, just give me Oilam Haba. And God said, I'm sorry. The, rule, the contract, the rules are, you got to come down, be righteous on your own merit, and then you will have caused, that is a divine act, and therefore you'll be fine in Oilam Habo. That's my interpretation of Nam Sufa is probably what that means by the Neshama, but the fact that you have to come down and be born against your will. You said once that the person can petition HaKadosh Baruch Hu in terms of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beyond all laws. Yes. So isn't that, isn't that... Oh, no. He, if he wanted to do it, he could That's, have done but, but it. But he doesn't problem. want to do it. So then why should a person even be petitioned for that? Listen, it's not a matter of... He, he, That's when he finds out that God doesn't want to do it. That's not pain, though. No. Something else. Uh, yeah. That's when he finds out. No. These are the rules that I created, God says, in terms of the existence of this creation. You need to come down and remove Nam Sufa. As a malach, no, but as an ishama. <clears throat> but I want to tell you something. Clearly, experiencing the future world without any kind of feeling of inferiority, right, must be awesome. I mean, if God had to do it, it must have been a terrible uh, uh, obstruction of feeling the reward. If God said, it's not worth it. I'd rather send you down to this world which is risky because you may never do righteousness, all risky, and so, you know. Better that and get Oilam Haba on those terms than get Oilam Haba on the terms where uh, you do not have to work for it. That's his decision. We don't know because we've never experienced Oilam Haba either with Namadik Sufa, bread of shame, or without bread of shame. But I'm sure if Khan said, okay, I'm going to show you the difference. Okay? I'm sure we would have said, forget it. I'm coming down. I'm sure, I'm sure God is smarter than all of us. In terms of regret? Regret? What's regret? person is not in the same matrigue that he could have been. Uh, uh, that's the rule. You can so only you get what you cause. What? It, will there be a regret in the, in the Olam Haba or even that has to be cleared up? No, everything is cleared up. There cannot be regret because that itself... Meaning would, I, I, I got everything I worked for, but I know... And it's mine. And it's, I own it. But I could have been... No, there won't be a feeling because that feeling would have killed you. That means you would have eternal grief. Right. So, what kind of Oilam Haba is that? Eternal grief. Do you have any idea? Like, what? Do you have I want to tell you something. Haba? In Oilam Haba, there won't be any jealousy. 
because that that'll kill you for eternity. That's the greatest agony of all, is to be jealous of the next guy for eternity. <laughs> Think about that, right? So there's no jealousy, right? And there's no regret. Those things are removed. How would those, so we have not because we're for shame, then how do we, what do we have for regret and jealousy? We don't. You don't have that in Oydem Habbo. I don't know. You have to ask God for that. Don't, don't, don't but you he, I'm a, sure a, he's capable of doing that. What? Do you have a Mesut Shisharim that says he'll be burned by a neighbor's canopy? That's only initially, probably. Uh-huh. But that's not for eternity. Uh-huh. You think about that. Imagine feeling that way for, all, for eternity. Uh-huh. You, I mean, is it, what, this is called Oilam Habbo? It's called Oilam Gehenim. Uh-huh. This is hell. It's not an Oilam Habbo. If that's what you feel for eternity, it's the worst Gehenim of all. Uh-huh. Right? Why would God do that to a guy? Mm-hmm. Because nobody's equal in Oilam Habo, because you know everybody arrives at Oilam Habo in the future world with a different level of what is accomplishments and achievements. Nobody's equal. We know that. There's, there's so many variables here, you know. So why would God do that to a guy? I mean, it's, it's, you know, you do me a favor by. None of people would say. Then the Shem would say, "Excuse me, annihilate me. Mm-hmm. I can't have Oilam Habo this way." You know what, what? It's obvious. You know, can't be. How does this suffering help to get rid of the bread of shame? Say that again? How does the suffering help you to get rid of the bread of shame? Like because, su- because suffering is a compensation for a sin. It compensates. It's an undoing of the sin. When you sin, you enjoyed. Now you have to suffer. So the, it's like, you know, it's the absence. In other words, your suffering compensates for the pleasure. So it removes the fact that you had pleasure from sinning, because I suffered. In, in other words, you, you need to erase all sins, and you need to cause all righteousness. And suffering will you, suffering is kapori torment, and it removes the sin. That's what suffering does. You know? Okay, great. So let's look forward to Anoinam Habo, that we, have, we will own, like they say, you own it, right? That's exactly what happens in Anoinam Habo in the future world. And that we cause, and that reward is infinite, eternal, it's eternal, and it's, you, we cannot imagine the uh, reward of that. But the critical thing is to remove the fact that, well, it shows I'm deficient. The fact that you caused it shows that you are not deficient, and therefore you can enjoy taking. That's really what it's all about. And not be distracted or suffer from the fact that, well, I'm taking, I never gave. You see, and that's, that's, look, that's the best explanation, you know. What really goes on, we don't know, because we don't know these, all these uh, places, what are the uh, and so on, you know, we don't, we don't really know what goes on there, and so on.